0: So the scripture this morning will be from Mark chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 35 through 41. Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and he said, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him?
1: Good morning. It is a great day to be here. Amen? Thank you. <laughs> I, it is a it is a nice day out today, and it is nice to be in the real world again, where people can breathe near each other, and um, I've even hugged some people again, which I I can't believe I would ever stop doing that. But the varus, you know. Anyway, um, glad to be with you this morning. And uh, happy Father's Day to all you fathers. Um, I wanted to, you know, in talking about Father's Day, it's been hard to believe, but it's been 22 years since I lost my dad. Hard to believe, isn't it? It's been a long time. And, I, you know, I remember my dad was... Uh, a very uh, smart and physically strong person. And I just knew, you know, when I was a kid, if there was a problem that I couldn't solve, um, I knew Dad would solve it for me. You know? I don't know. I, I imagine a lot of you, if not most of you, have a feeling like that about your father you know i miss those days when i knew i once i got to a certain point and i was just stuck i knew my i could call on my dad and he would take care of it for me and sometimes honestly with my dad I was a little concerned sometimes to do that because he'd come in guns blazing. You know what I mean? He didn't have a medium mode. My, my kid is crying, someone is going to pay, I guess, was kind of my dad's view. But I, I, do, I do remember how safe and protected I felt. I felt, you know what, it can't get too bad because if things get bad, I can call dad and he'll, he'll help. I know he'll help. And, um, you know, I, I miss being able to call him. Well, as, as you can see, um, I'm not a little kid anymore, even though I act like it sometimes. Um, I'm not a small child. And so, obviously, I've had to grow up and take care of myself and do everything for myself because that's what you do when you're an adult. But, that view of the world fails to account for the fact that we have a loving Father. In the old times, He was called Yahweh. Father of Jesus Christ. My lack of faith in the past has caused me to be fatherless. And I'm speaking this morning to those of you who feel fatherless. Because, you know, one of those things that used to get me, back when I was having a real hard time, was people would just say, you know, just let go and let God. I mean, that is a good statement, but you can say that if you get it. But I didn't get it. So I needed a little better explanation than let go and let God. Now that I get it, that's a good explanation. But for those who are struggling, it can be a little more difficult. What I'm going to talk to you about today is the fact that everything you thought about being being an adult may be wrong, because you do have a father. If you haven't noticed, this world is filled with things you can't deal with. Even when you try to do good, sometimes people will say, "Oh, you're trying to do good. I'll take it." Bam! That'll teach you. Anybody else going to be stupid and try to say something nice? Because I will give you the smackdown, and that happens. I was I was going to not bring this up. I've debated back and forth. I'm not going to bring it up in, in, entirely, but I I have mixed feelings about the Facebooks. Uh, Facebook is. Uh, it's problematic, you know. So the 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 people who run it are openly hostile to some of the truths of Jesus Christ, but it's also a good way to reach people as a minister and as a friend or family. So I kind of so I was like, okay, I'll get on there. Yesterday, second post I came to. First one was my sister in law trying to sell something at one of those parties where women buy things from each other. Don't I've never understood that. I never will. It's fine. I can live with that. The second post was a friend of mine and Linda's who just posted, you know, uh, something about no matter what it is, I try to find the good in everything. And someone basically ended up saying she was a horrible person for writing that and said bad things about her. And I'm not going to give the full context of that, but my head just went... All she did was post, I try to, there's good in everything. And so I post, really? And I'm just like, wow. And Linda's like, well, don't write anything back. I'm like, of course not. This is why I don't put anything on social media, because I'm going to go, oh, really? I like manatees. Oh, really? Manatees? You look like a manatee. Well, that's beside the point. (laughs) Don't laugh so hard at that. (laughs) It is true, especially when I'm on water, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, A little seawater on romaine lettuce is delicious. Okay, I'm leaving it there. Um, But there's just so much going on in the world, and you know, the really frustrating thing to me about being a human um, is that you can't get the people around you to stop acting like jerks. I am never a jerk. So, I'm not the problem. But you can't change the people around you to just be nice to you. Have you noticed that? No matter how hard you try, there's going to be people that are just going to come after you, man. It's just part of life. Why is it part of life? Why are all these things there? And you know, sometimes... There's so many things going on that I start to worry about my ability to even conduct myself in the world. You know, can I put up with all this? There's things arrayed against me that I feel like I can't handle. And you know what? I can't call my dad anymore and say, Dad, help me with this. He's dead. He's been dead for almost a quarter of a century. I can't call him. In truth though, he's only fallen asleep. And I know where He is. But I don't need to call on Stan Gibson because I can call on Yahweh my God. And failure to grasp that, failure to believe that, has caused me so much pain in my life. And if I'm being honest, at times still does cause me pain. Because I have trouble trusting But God is ultimately trustworthy. He proves Himself trustworthy to me every day of my life. That is the truth. And i still like... That's the pain I cause myself sometimes. That's the pain I've caused myself a lot in my life. And God doesn't want you to have that pain. He doesn't want me to have that pain. God wants to be your Father, and that is what we're going to talk about this morning. Let's start in Psalm 37. Verses 1 through 6. That's not... Okay, yes, it is. God's answering the question of why do bad people prosper? Why are people who are just bad, they seem to have all the money, all the power, all the everything? Psalm 37 says, don't worry, don't fret yourself, don't work yourself into a lather, don't fray your knot because of evildoers, And don't be envious of these guys and gals. This is the Steve translation. The real translation's up on the screen. And hopefully you have your Bible open. Because they're going to fade away like the grass. They're going to wither away like a green herb turns brown and falls apart. Trust in Yahweh and do good. Do you hear the antidote to that? If you're Worried about the evildoers, or you're envious of the evildoers, stop doing that, and here's what you do instead. Instead, trust in the Lord and do good. Simple formula. I don't know, man. That seems like the devil likes to complicate things. I can tell you, he does. Remember, he started in the garden. Well, is that really? Did God really? I mean, think that's what no. You have to choose, well, I don't know how to trust God. Yes, you do know how to trust God. You just trust God. How do you trust that drivers coming down the road aren't going to slam into you? Well, you're making a choice when you get in your car and drive down the road. I'm going to trust that that's going to happen, right? You put action. How do I trust that this stage is going to hold up my, my, my body? Well, I'm standing on it. That's how I do it. I stand on it, and that shows that I trust it. It's the same thing with God. When you've got a choice to freak out, or you've got a choice to be jealous, or you've got a choice to do something really stupid, you throw all those out the window and you say, okay, God, you said you got it. I'm not going to worry about it. It's all, it's all you. Wasn't that hard? Yeah, it's hard but only because you don't have a grasp of God's goodness and faithfulness. And if you can't grasp that, you're going to have a hard time. Here's the other part you do. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Well, the desire of my heart is a, a jet airplane that I can fly around. And God says, no, it isn't. It's not the desire of your heart. Desire of my heart, and I can say this, we were talking about it last night. I've gone through all my life, and I've had a pretty good list of the desires of my heart. What I didn't know, one of the desires that was in my my head, that wasn't in my head, but God knew was in my heart, is He gave me two amazing children that I never was on board for, honestly. But God's like, that's okay, I got you. And the reason I have those kids is because... I was like, this seems like a bad idea. Have you met me? I can't be a dad. And God's like, shh. You going to trust me or not? All the good things, the reason, all the blessings I have, my children, the fact that I get to be a minister, that only happened because I'm like, blah, 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 blah. and God's like, shh. You trust me or not? Those are the desires not of my head, but that were in my heart. That's what God means. The desires of your heart. You don't even know what you want. But God's going to give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. Well, I trusted in Him before and He didn't act the way I wanted. Okay, He doesn't say God will act the way you want. That's different. My kids, I don't act the way they want. But if they trust in Me, I will act for them in their best interests rather than my own best interests, right? It's true. But is that the same as what they think my interests should be? No. And sometimes they're like, how could you let this happen? You are a cruel man. And we say that to God sometimes. God, how can you do this? You're cruel. And God's like, no. I'm not cruel. You don't understand the depth of my love for you. Like Fred was saying this morning. The problem is, are you delighting yourself in the Lord? Are you trying to run the Lord? He will bring forth your righteousness as the delight and your justice as the noonday. That means He will bring forth the things that you need the the doing good for you as the light, and He'll bring justice to you like the sun at noonday. So, be still before the Lord and and wait patiently for Him. That's that second part I think I have most trouble with. If you know me very well, you know that patience is not one of those things that I have a lot of, but God's helping me. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. I would say a good percentage of the trouble I've caused myself in my life, aside from just not trusting God, but it goes hand in hand with not trusting God, is sometimes the trouble that you're facing You're like, I don't like the way things are. Right? I don't like how mean people are on Facebook. I don't like how mean this person is in my life. I don't like the way uh, this section of the community is. And I don't know what to do about it, but I'm going to do something. Something. Most of the trouble I've gotten in and, and a lot of people I've counseled with, a lot of the trouble they get in is because they don't have anything that's going to help the situation, but they just have to do something, right? I gotta do something. You expect me, you expect me to just sit here while these people and God says, Yes, that's exactly what I expect. Did I give you something to do? Because God gives you work to do. Did I give you work to do for that situation? No? Then be still. And that sometimes is the most difficult thing to do. Is to be still. And that's not something we do a lot nowadays. I've done little experiments even from the pulpit, but just in small groups of people, where I just and with my children. Sometimes I just ask them, okay, let's just sit for a minute. It's really uncomfortable when I do it from up here, but doing it with a group of kids or even a group of adults, it's hard to just sit and be still, and yet that is a command from the Lord. So, fret not yourself over the One who prospers in His way, Over the man who carries out evil devices. Instead, refrain from your anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it only tends to evil. Have you noticed the link between anger and fear? It's not just something Yoda said in one of the Star Wars movies, but anger and fear go strongly together. And sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. And God's saying, you know what? Anger and fear are useful, but they should not be controlling your life. You should not walk around in a state of anger. You should not walk around in a state of fear. Put those aside and trust in the Lord. Because, verse 9, the evildoers will be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord will inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he won't be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace something that Jesus also said let's give an example Exodus chapter 14 I'm going to have to move a little faster in here it's not new for me starting in verse 10 you remember when God sends ten plagues to get the most powerful men in the world to let His people go. They get to go, and instead of high-fiving all the way to the Red Sea, they get there and they're like, (laughs) I'm going to die, man! Game over, man! When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and, whoa, the Egyptians were marching behind them. And... They freaked out. Steve translation, the the words don't say freaked out. Feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. I've been there, and I bet you have too. You're like, things are not going the way I expected them to go. Look at that. You expect me to deal with that? I enjoyed my slavery. Can I go back to slavery? And sometimes people do go back to slavery. Slavery to all the things that God has set them free from. But if they understood God, (coughs) they would have understood that of course, that is not what happened. Verse 13, And Moses said to the people, Fear not. Stand firm. And see the salvation of the Lord. It will come, which He will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you'll never see them again. Why? Because the Lord will fight for you. Your only job is to be quiet. I want you to think about those words when you're going about your life and you're, you're doing what you think God wants you to do. And, like a friend of mine who's still in a bad place said, You know what? I've done what God asked, and it's not working out. Really? Really? I'll tell you what his problem is. He won't be quiet and let God fight for him. And I know this because I know the man very, very well. And I'm not talking down to him because I've been like him. you got to remember... Your world consists of all these threats that you see and all these things that upset you and all these things that worry you and all these things on your mind, but you have a God who created the universe. Your world isn't that big. Your problems aren't that big. The dangers you face aren't that big. Of course, God can and will stand for you and fight for you. Get your head out of your little spot and try to see the image that God gives you of One who created the universe. Let's go to Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Oh, God helps sometimes, like, you know, when He feels... No. God is a present help in trouble. Therefore, we're not going to be afraid, even though the earth gives way. Even though the mountains move into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam... Though the mountains tremble at its swelling, these are small things to God, even though they're big things to me, so I'm not going to be afraid. Skipping down to verse 8, or yes, come, behold the works of the Lord. He has brought desolations on the earth, right? God has the power to destroy the earth, and He has flooded the earth. He's more powerful than your brain can comprehend. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. It doesn't matter what armies there are in the world. They're nothing to God. So be still. And just know that I am God. I am God. I am God, not you. I'm the God who created the heavens and the earth just because I spoke it into existence. I sent my Son to die for you. You think I'm either not powerful enough or I don't care? You're just not listening. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortune fortress when Jesus came to earth he showed that he was God in the flesh mark chapter 4 Jesus does the same thing his his disciples will rebuild. oh these bad people they're after you Jesus and they and then when they when they come they all freak out and scatter to the four winds and they forget who he was and Jason read this this morning There's a storm going on. They think, oh no, we're going to die. You think you're going to die being with Jesus because wind is blowing? Wind? You're scared of wind? When Jesus is in the boat, you're scared of wind? And so in verse 39 there, He says, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. If only we could listen to him the way nature listens to him. Because he gives us the freedom to not be at peace, to not be still. But why would we choose that? And they asked one another, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? <laughs> He's a son of God. And he cared about the men on that boat. And you know what? He cares for you. I mean, I could have picked a million verses today to talk about how Jesus cares for you. Talked about that last week. He cares for you so much that he was willing to become the sacrifice that gives us all a get out of jail free card. Here's the problem I had, though, I've had in my life. I am not a perfect person. I can be a lot of things that God doesn't want me to be. So my thinking was, well, if I've been a bad boy, this is a girl, by the way. It's not a boy. If I've been a bad kid, isn't God going to just Pound on me some. Or at least let me really, really suffer to teach me a lesson. Isn't that what the Bible says? That if we sin, God will teach us a lesson? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if you refuse the Lord and keep turning to the evil one, He will turn you over to the evil one in the hopes that that will save you but the default state for a Christian is under God's wing. You're like, yeah, but I'm really, really a bad person. No. No. Christ's blood is the perfect sacrifice. If you need to understand how much God loves you, And God excuses you. If you look at how much I excuse my children, and I'm not the perfect father. And I haven't asked one of my kids to die for the other one, which God did. God's love is bigger than your sin. If you just say, God, help me, I repent. Again, I could preach a whole sermon about that, and I've done so in the past. So I'm not going to do that this morning because we're running out of time. Two more verses. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 41. Starting in verse 8. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. By the way, if you're a Christian, that's you. If you read the New Testament, if you read what Jesus had to say, if you read what the apostles had to say, We are Israel. God has chosen us because we chose Him back. You are special because you are baptized into Christ and you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. You are special. You are special. You are chosen. Okay? So these words apply more to you than they do to the offspring of Abraham. You whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corner, saying to you, you're my servant. I have chosen you, and I won't just toss you out. But it goes even deeper than that for us. He's saying, you are my son. You are my daughter. Of course I'm not going to just cast you out. Fear not, because I am with you. Don't be dismayed, because I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The question is, is He your God? Or is your brain, your superior intellect, your knowledge that the world is just different now, I understand things they didn't understand 2,000 years ago. Is that your God, or is God your God? All the voices out there going, man, that is so like 19th century. (laughs) You're you're part of the patriarchy. It's so outdated. Is that your God, or is God your God? If God's your God, don't fear, because God is with you, and He will strengthen you. He will act. The simple thing is, will you let him be your God? Or are you going to keep trying to interfere with what he's doing? And that's the point. We say, hey God, are you going to help me? But meanwhile, you do things that make it impossible for God to help you. If you're trying to help somebody with something and they won't let you, yes, you're like, okay, do you want me to help you or not? I'm trying to help you. You won't let me help you. Well, of course God's this way. He's not going to wrestle you to the ground and give you a noogie and say, okay, I'm going to help you. He gave us free will to be his children or not, to be his citizens or not. The question is, will you let God be your God? If you will, then I promise you, you have nothing to fear. If you'll just be still and let God be God, I would save you from the decades of pain I went through. Because I didn't make the choice to trust in the Lord. And it is a choice to trust in the Lord. We're talking in our Sunday morning class. Joshua said, Who are you going to follow? You're going to follow God, or you're going to follow the, your old gods? And we're talking about, you know, that's not a question that we actually ask ourselves. So ask yourself right now, what are you going to do when you walk out of here? Are you going to choose to trust God or not? Decide. Because if you can't decide that question, there's no point in doing any of the rest. God is your God or He isn't. There's no middle state. And if you're living in fear or living in anger, you need to... Honestly, honestly speaking a little bit maybe too honestly, if you're living in fear and you're living in anger, it's because you've not done what it takes to choose to trust God I'm not saying it's easy because some of us carry old war wounds that make it hard for us to trust anyone it's painful to get through to that trust point I understand that I'm not saying it's going to be easy you can just flick a switch when you get home okay I trust God now no you're going to have to do all the undo all the learning that you've done to yourself Undo all the learning that bad people in your life have done to you. That's a process you're going to have to do. But you're going to have to do it. You're simply going to have to make your priority in your life is to choose to trust God enough to let Him be your God. Last verse. If you think God's trying to punish you, 1 John 4 13-18, through I read this somewhat often. By this we know that we abide in Jesus and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. His Spirit is in us. And we've seen and we testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Of course God cares. Of course God is involved. Of course we abide in Him. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God Whoever does that, God abides in him and he abides in God. So we have come to know and we have come to believe the love that God has for us. We've come to know. We've come to believe. It's a process. It's a process you need to start today if you haven't already. This is how love is perfected. It's perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as Jesus, Jesus is, so also are we in this world. What does that mean? It means we're sons of God. We're made divine through Him. Sons and daughters of God. And why is that? Because there is no fear in love. Perfect love, love, that's been, love that has run its course, throws fear out the window. Because fear has to do with punishment. And if you fear punishment, it's because you haven't been perfected in love. So be perfected in love. Let God be your God. Stop being your own God. You have a father better than the best earthly father. And yes, He will act. 2 Timothy 1.7 God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, and love, and self-control. And that's a deep thing to talk about. What does that mean? Why is that the opposite of fear? Because the opposite of fear is perfection by God. When you let God be your God, you become powerful because you have the love in you that God has in Him. The more love you have in you, the more you become like God. And God is powerful. This is really like deep, mind-blowing stuff, but it's true. You have love and you have self-control. And if you're living in fear or in anger, you probably don't have a lot. That's just my experience talking. That's not the Bible talking. But self-control doesn't mix well with anger and fear. Don't live in anger. Don't live in fear. Don't feel like you have to take on the world. Because guess what? You can't. But God can. And God will. Will you choose to trust Him? I'm asking you this morning, whom will you serve? The true God? Or all the other organizations and people, including yourself? who tried to be in charge. Who's going to be in charge? Who are you going to serve? If you'd like to serve Jesus and you're not a Christian this morning, you can be baptized into Him and raised in His life. Become a son or daughter of God and have eternal life. You need fear nothing. You need to be angry about nothing. If you are a Christian, you are in fear, you are angry, That's okay. We've all been there. doesn't make you a bad person or a bad Christian. It makes you someone that's human. And the devil is a very wily adversary. And he's gotten me. And sometimes he can still trip me up. So if you have a need of the church, if you want to get rid of fear, if you want to get rid of anger, or if you just have some other need from the church, would you please come forward right now while we stand and while we sing this song? lead you there